Hi, welcome to this Property Live podcast. Thanks for joining me. I am your host, Mark Winship. I'm a professional property developer, service accommodation specialist, and property coach. This week on the podcast, I am joined by the whirlwind that is Asad Tariq. Assad is well known within the Property Wealth System community and anybody that has heard him talk before on the podcast will know that he has a wealth of knowledge and insight to share with us on all things commercial property investing. In this episode, I've asked Assad to focus on the pros and cons of investing in industrial warehouse and storage space. It's a niche strategy and quite different to the background that most of us have in residential investments, but the opportunity is exciting and it is certainly fascinating to get Assad's insight into what is involved. We cover lots of ground in this episode, so let's get going. Hey Assad, good to see you. Thanks for joining me again on the podcast. How are you doing? Hi Mark, I'm good, thank you, and thank you for having me back on. Good, no, thanks for taking time out of your hectic schedule. We just had a, a brief catch up and it sounds like you've got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on your plate, as always, going on at oh, the moment. Yes so much going on at the moment and it's just crazy it's just mind-boggling at the moment but yeah we're getting there and to be honest with you that's the drive isn't it getting yeah. getting excited with all these type of projects and things it's been good but it's hectic yeah. but i'm away I'm, I'm away on holiday for a couple of weeks so that'll be oh, nice, nice to get a little bit of a, a break from this as well excellent well what i thought i wanted to sort of tap into your uh extensive knowledge bank around is um the 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 kind of industrial space investing industrial kind of warehousing storage that kind of thing it's a little bit more of a uh, i guess well i guess anyone who's coming from a resi perspective it's a bit more of a niche kind of thing but um i know that that sort of well all, all things commercial has been has been your the mainstay of what you do and it would be really useful to get your insight into kind of the industrial opportunity and you know i know like self-storage is a really big kind of buzzword at the moment so it's really getting to your thoughts on that as an opportunity yeah. uh, what opportunities there are in that space and also how to find them i guess because equally you hear people talk about industrial and the price and and, and the fact that you know, uh, industrial warehousing and that sort of thing is comes at a premium at the moment. And whether or not you still see there being opportunities in that space, and if so, how you're how you're finding them and, and that sort of thing, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, Mark. Industrials are really it's a complex subject, and it's something that I love and I've always loved for a long time, um, and it's something that I focus on quite a bit with at the moment. Yeah. The benefits that we've got with um, commercial, one of the, the, the huge benefits that we have is over the statistics over the years, whenever there's been a market crash or there's ever been any kind of up or down in the market, any kind of difficult times like 2007, 2008, it's yeah. always known that industrial is the, elite, the, the last item to ever right. be affected on the pyramid. Yeah. So even though commercial is on our um, buy-to-let pyramid or our, our portfolio pyramid, it's quite high up with the risk factor. Yeah, It's true, but at the same time, it is one of the safest as well. So whenever yeah. like, we've had the pandemic now and we've got buy-to-lets on the portfolio, we've also got obviously commercial um, tenants as well, touch wood, the only issues that we really faced was the buy-to-lets in the general public. Because yeah. the businesses have got a business mindset and they want to get through that yeah. that they're off patch that they're in. That's so right. what we've so overall as a statistics, the actual 
industrial market gets affected the least. Yeah. And is the last one to actually be physically affected. Yeah. So that on its own is quite powerful. Yeah, that's really high high, You yeah. know, and the second thing is we, with the Colliers had released, uh, one of the agents, they'd released um, one of their um, <clears throat> newsletters and in there, there was like an 18 million square foot shortage after like the pandemic and things. So just looking at the shortage of industrial space in the UK, it's just it's ridiculous. Like we need to and we need to fill that in. All yeah. the businesses are all moving from high street into e-commerce. E-commerce requires warehouses. So it's kind of the biggest trend, the biggest if you're looking at the overall market, the biggest people in the market is Amazon. Yeah. Amazon are really taking over the whole the whole market. And yeah. Amazon, eBay, all these sellers who are on there are actually private sellers, private businesses that are set up selling their products on these platforms. Yeah. And these guys need warehouses so that they can do their work. Yeah. And then with that, everyone can see how much this business has grown, right, through the pandemic, through generally over the years, how much Amazon's grown. And then we're basically piggybacking off these big boys in, in the market. So if they need warehousing, their sellers need warehousing. We are there to supply that, that yeah. shopping for them. So in my eyes, it's going to be growing. And we're mm. going to see a lot of other people. Like We've already seen a lot of um, retail stores changing their way of um, sales as well from your like Argos, like the way that they're doing their marketing. So they'll have a little showroom. They'll have a little area where they'll have their books and booklets. Everything else is put into storage. Mm. And you get same day delivery, or you get next day delivery. Yeah. And in my eyes, that's way, the way the market is going to be changing over the next few years. It's yeah. all going to become more and more e-commerce based. It's all going to become more and more delivery to your house, next day delivery. And as all that increases, we're going to need more industrial space to cover that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, it's, it's interesting that you sort of tied it in with trends in e-commerce because, yeah, with things like you know, the proliferation of, of Amazon and online shopping and um, on a more like smaller level, like drop shipping and, and stuff, that side of things. And, and that's that's only going to grow, isn't it? That, that, that's such a, a boom industry at the moment. Um, and you see these new sheds popping up all over the place, don't you? So clearly yeah. there is a demand for it. So where as investors does the opportunity lie for us? Like where are you finding deals like yeah. uh you know, through agents or off market, you know, where would someone start to look for opportunities like that? And how would they decide if it's a, if it's a deal or, or not a deal, I guess? Yeah. Well, the bottom line is with commercial, and that's why commercial comes higher up in the pyramid is risky because the yeah. bottom line is you can't do this on your own. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who says that we can go out and do this on our own. This is something that we need our power team. And yeah. in commercial property, your power team is your right it's basically you need them they're your right hand men and yeah. they need to be on board and we need them to basically find us the opportunities find us all the information that we need to protect yeah. us and make sure that this project is going to be the right yeah. one yeah so the first question that you've asked me is sourcing opportunities there's yeah. loads of ways there's loads of ways that we could do that the market is hot yeah. Right. This is another one going back to why do industrial, the market is really hot at the moment. Yeah. And the reason that the market is hot is because it's a safe game. Right. Yeah. So all these big players want to invest in 
the industrial market. Yeah. And then we've got all the pension funds. Like I've been out and about on the mentorships and things. And we've been in um, Essex and out and about. And every area that we've visited, the commercial and industrial market is absolutely booming. And there's a huge shortage. Yeah. But at the same time, that shouldn't put people off. That should make them more motivated. So how can we get on board? How can we get on this bandwagon? Yeah. We've seen pension funds over in Essex working at a 3% yield, yeah, which is just ridiculous. So if yeah. they're paying a 3% yield, like how can we ever compete with them? Yeah. But then at the same time, because they're putting all this money into investment, there's all these new sheds going up in the area. With the new sheds going up, their prices and square footage prices are much higher. Their build yeah. costs are higher, which automatically then pushes up the the, the prices for the old stock. So as yeah. and when the square meterage price increases for the new builds, then the old stock, their prices increase. The new yeah. warehouses will be renting out, for example, 12, 13 pounds a square foot. And then the existing warehouses will then start pushing their prices up as well. So yeah. it actually works quite well in, in general when the demand is strong. But then obviously the opportunities do, it's, it's difficult to find the opportunities, the right one. But yeah. then it's not like we need hundreds of these deals. We own, yeah. Even if we can tick over and get one added to the portfolio over a 12-month period, that's minimum four, five, six, seven thousand pounds per month income, yeah. net cash flow yeah. coming in. And yeah, yeah. that's the way that I look at it. Like, so we will look at loads and loads of deals and very quickly, like with all, when you used to get an understanding of the numbers, it's like yourself, you know the SA market inside out. If yeah. someone shows you the building and the location, within minutes, you can figure out, is this property going to work or not? And it's exactly the same with the commercial side. Once you've figured out how the numbers are working and it becomes natural, basically, to yourself just to, to figure out what if that's going to work just by seeing it, you would quickly do the calculations. Once the calculations are done, you'd be, yeah, that deal works, that deal doesn't work. And most of the products at the moment on the market, which are on open market, are actually selling way over the market value. Yeah. Um, and again, it's nothing that we can do. It's just the nature of the market that we're in at the moment. It will mm. calm down. There's always going to be a period when the market will be hot and then it will calm down again and then the trends will go back up again, then it will cool back down. And that's just the market that we're in is the nature of the property market. Yeah. So for me, the best way to be doing it is once you've got your power team in place, you have your, your commercial agents, yep. get in that relationship. It does not matter who you are, if you're brand new in property or if you've been in property for years, get viewings booked in for commercial property. Yeah. Meet the agents. Don't look online. Don't phone them book in a viewing for anything if it works it doesn't work just book in a viewing once you build that report with the agents start chatting to them get a good understanding with two three four agents see who your personality matches with yeah right once you've got that match and you bond with the person that you're out and about with that's when the opportunities start coming Right, and then the biggest benefit benefit that we've got in commercial property is we can then pay our agents. Like the agents can work for us as a sourcing agent. We can pay one commercial agent, for example, a one percent fee, and they would become the sourcing agent for us. And if they yeah. locate any property, we would just pay them a one percent fee to go and for the property that they found. And the the benefits that we've got with doing that is they already work with other commercial agents who are out there. So they'll yeah. be sending them emails saying, we've got a client who's looking for X, Y, Z. 
do yeah. you have anything on the market or coming to the market or anything which is totally off market that you think could work for them? And to me, that's priceless because it does not matter who you are. You can't just get up and pick up the phone and phone someone and say, give me some off market deals and without any track record, without knowing them, it's really, really difficult to build to build that relationship up. Like yeah. we and these agents, they already know each other. Yeah. They've either went to university together or they either worked in the same firm for a few years. They all know each other, right? So by you choosing your area, meeting these agents, start chatting to them, get them to source for you, sign up to a 1% retaining fee. Some some may charge 2%, but that's up to your negotiation. And once you've done that, let them do the work for you. Let them go out and find opportunities for you. Um, consider the commercial agent to be, once you once you found one that you work well with and you've got rapport with, do you consider them to be part of your power team? Is that, of is course. That that's yeah. one of your main ones. Like we, we go through that on the course, on the commercial course and the implementers and things. The most important thing is your power team. And yeah. we've got about 10 people which are on the power team. And it's yeah. quite funny because every person that is involved in the commercial property links back to your commercial agent. So yeah. your valuation is done by your bank. But as you get to choose in commercial property who the bank is going to use to survey the property. Yeah, so yeah. you're a commercial agent. So we get to choose that commercial agent again, right? Yeah. We want to get a valuation done before we buy the property. So again, having that report with them and the business will, we can get them to go out and do uh, the first valuation for us, yeah. right? And then give us an indication of what rentals are going to be. And then the same agents have an in- in-house rental market so they'll, they'll, or management, you could say, letting mm-hmm. management, most of these commercial agents have the letting department in-house. So once they bought you the property, they've got that long-term income coming in with you as well because you're paying them a monthly fee, 5% or whatever it is of the rent. Yeah. So they've got that long-term relationship with you. So for I them... Find, I find that really interesting though, because you, 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 this is one of the things that I think makes the difference or, or is one of the fundamental differences between coming from a resi background and coming from a commercial background. Like you consider, you put work into finding the right agent and then you consider them to be absolutely pivotal member of your team. In resi, I don't think I'd ever describe an agent as like part of my power team. They're like a necessary evil. They're like, I have yeah. to go to an agent because they've got all the deals and they're a pain to deal with and what have you. They're not really part of my team. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I... I, I still uh, do all of the stuff you're talking about, like get a good relationship with them, but it's not quite the same. And that's why I think some people maybe find commercial a little bit daunting to get into because yeah. like it is quite a close knit thing, isn't it? And that's where you've got to get to is where the agents are working for you. Whereas yeah. like anyone can walk into an estate agent for resi and just uh, say, look, I need to buy a house in this area. And yeah. You know, it's not they're not part of your team they're just uh you know you're they're selling you a deal that they would sell to anybody yeah. kind of thing. you're basically using just a quick service off them and you're just like anyone else and then but when you've bought three four five properties off them they'll start yeah. sending you deals off market here and there but yeah, overall yeah. you're 100 percent right it's a totally totally different yeah. game and yeah. you have got it is a game everything the whole property work is just understanding how this game works and how to become the best player in it yeah, yeah. And then everything else falls into place. And in commercial, the key player to that is your estate, your commercial agent. Yeah. Even when it comes down to your, your um, rateable value, you need your rates assessor. If you don't have the right rates assessor on board, you could you could start losing money from the day you took over the building. Yeah. Right. 
And if you get hit with a high rates bill, you're you're snookered. You can't. There's nothing that you can do. So yeah. by having that right rates assessor on board from the beginning, he can help you. He can support you. And they're normally in house with the commercial agents. So yeah. they'll have either someone that works with them under their company, or they'll yeah. have someone that they work with in house or sorry out house. But they're just they're in they're in partnership together. So I think. Having that commercial agent basically answers all questions for anyone who wants to get into commercial property is yeah. building that power mm-hmm. team, getting yeah. the right commercial agents on board. Do you have a do you do you personally have like a model you follow? So you know you're looking at a, a big empty space. Do you do you carve that up and then and then break that down to different tenants, or do you just uh, do you just base it on square footage and rent it as it is what sort of your approach to the industrial stuff that you've got so because we're now more and more like experienced and we're doing a lot more deals and things now so basically we will kind of work with our agents again with what their demand is and so if they turn around if they turn around and say to us look we need a warehouse in this area because right. we've got a tenant that's looking fine we'll go out there and find something for them or they'll find us something which we'll buy and they'll fill up but most yeah. of the time when we're going in, we will assess something like a whatever size, 40, 50, 60,000 square foot unit is lying empty. Why is it lying empty? Is there a demand for 50,000 square foot units in this area or are they small businesses? And yeah. is that why it's been lying empty for so long? And then yeah. if it is small units that is required in that area and that's what people want, and then we'll look to basically make small warehouses in that in, in, in that one building. And it will just be multiple units under the one roof, all mm. industrial units. And it's a lot easier than, than, your, than your, your residential developments. You still have to go through your planning, your building warrants. But overall, the work's a lot less. Yeah. But what we will be looking at what the demand is. So if it's an area, so for an example, if you're in an area where you know there's a lot of small businesses, they need minimum rent they need the minimum costs to survive in, in, in the business that they're in, we would be looking at, right, okay, what's the rateable value in this area? Right, okay, the rateable value is X. The rates, if they get below this threshold, they can get 100% rates relief, right? Why don't we make four units, which will be under the rates relief, and right. they'll get 100% reduction from the council? And That'll then, rated. yeah, and we'll advertise from day one. So once we've bought the unit or we've got it under our control, so under an option agreement or under a purchase agreement, we'll advertise from day one. You'll probably notice when you're out and about and you're looking more and more at commercial property, most of the signboards that you see outside will say from 1,000 square foot up to 20,000 square foot. And the reason that that's done is because they'll carve it up to what your requirements are. Right, got you. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll do exactly the same. So, like, once we are up and running and got control, we'll put the adverts out and we'll see what the demand is. And whatever the demand is, we'll be up and running in a few months and we'll yeah. build it to that, that shape and size. Yeah. Okay. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to your market research and your understanding of what is required in that area. Yeah. Um, but, again, once you're looking, your commercial agent is the one that's going to answer all these questions for you. So we 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 talk till we're blue in the face on the podcast, and obviously with 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 students and coaching clients about the the buy refurbish refinance model. So you know, do work to a property, do it up, add value yeah. to it, refinance, pull some of your money out. 
does that model exist within within this kind of space? Is as their scope to sort of add value and refinance, or is this uh, this more of a yield situation? If I can be honest with you, this model works a lot quicker, and this is why people want to get into commercial property. What what the what we're discussing now is basically the the pinnacle of of um, commercial property. This is like the gold of commercial property. So what you've said is you'll buy a property and buy to let. You'll refurbish it. Once you've refurbished it, you'll refinance it. So you've yep. got your bricks and mortar value at both ends. Great. In commercial property, what yep. we'll be doing is we're buying it at the bricks and mortar value. We're yep. then adding value. Even if we do not spend a pound on the property, we rent that out. So yep. even as an example, just looking at random numbers, um, if you're looking at a warehouse which is worth £100,000, mm. 10,000 square foot unit, and you manage to get that rented out for £3 a square foot, mm-hmm. right? So that's £30,000 per annum as income. So we could look at a commercial valuation of about two eighty, three hundred thousand. 300000 It could be more. It could be less. There's loads of multipliers and factors. Nobody can ever give you what the commercial valuation is going to be. Yeah. But overall, looking at it as a back of a fag packet, you would maybe look at multiplying it by maybe 8 or 10 as a multiplier. Yeah. You would yep. knock off maybe 10%, 15% as a loss of rental, as a yep. very, very basic calculation. But then that's where your Rick Surveyor and your, your commercial team come on board. So we yep. would say to them, right, okay, this warehouse is worth 100000 now, but yep. I'm going to put a tenant in here, sign up a five-year FRI lease. Once the lease is in place, what is this going to value at? Yeah. Commercially, right? And I'll give you a good example, and it will just uh, – our um, bank manager was out the other day from Bank of Scotland and uh, I've mentioned Adam on a couple of my talks and things. I've got a really good relationship, one of the top guys in, in Bank of Scotland in the commercial sector. And a couple of points that he said, one of the units that we've got, we were thinking that it would be worth about a million quid with the calculations. But then he's thinking, he's sitting there saying, I would say with the rentals that we've got, we could probably push up to about 1.4, 1.5. Wow. And that's the bank manager giving us this information, yeah. right? And we were like, right, okay, that's 1.4, 1.5. Mm. That means it could be possible that we could push this into a pension because the loan to value is now going to be like under 50% or whatever, okay. right? Yeah. And then loads of doors start opening up. Can we refinance? Can we pull money out? And yeah. like, and that's and that building that we're talking about probably cost us about 600000 in total. Mm. Right, so over a six-year period, five-year period has now like tripled itself in the value. Yeah. What commer- What residential property can you buy, yeah. right, and triple its value over five years? Like, yeah. I've never done it in buy-to-lets or residential. Yeah. Right. Whereas with commercial, that's possible if you because the commercial valuation takes a huge, huge factor in in the overall value. Um, and just touching bases on the bank manager there. So when we were chatting about what they're investing in, at the moment, what their favorite investing strategy is at the moment was commercial and industrial. So like they're doing, they're majorly working towards um, uh, the the commercial developments. So you've got new builds, residentials, you've got commercial new builds, all these types of new builds, and that's what the Bank of Scotland are working on doing development finance. But their number one uh, finance that they love to give out yeah. is commercial, industrial. So yeah. that's the number one player because it's got the least risk for yeah. them. So they're obviously looking at their risk factor. And for yeah. them, that's probably one of the strongest 
kind of finance that they can offer. So yeah. and that's came from Bank of Scotland just two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I think for for us as property investors, having that knowledge and understanding, it shows us that this is a safe place for us to put our money. Yeah. And our investors' money. How critical do you think it's it is for somebody to have investment experience, resi, resi investment experience prior to getting into commercial investments like this? Do you think that's critical or recommended or what's your take on that? Well, you've, you've our first podcast, we did touch bases in, in a lot of detail. I started off in commercial, right? Yeah. Okay, it wasn't a choice, but I've done it, yeah. right? And I proved the point that it can be done. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of our mentees who have got nothing and they've done it. Yeah, and there was our mentees got the same. You yeah. can't get finance, you you can't get a mortgage. You yeah. all the usual stuff that you get, they've done it. They've managed to do it, and that all yeah. comes back down to your power team. So like yeah. working with people that we've got experience with, that we know that can pull it off. The bottom line that the banks are looking at in commercial property is the serviceability. So yeah. if you're buying this, how are you going to pay the money back to us, and yeah. how strong is this? So yeah. the loan to value needs to be good. Like there are banks that might offer you 75, 80%. Stick to the 60, 65%. Mm-hmm. Don't do your numbers on anything over the 60, 65%. And the reason is that's a good number for stress testing, especially yeah. with the current climate. That's really important. And then it, then it comes down to your serviceability. So you want to make sure whatever your, your debt service charge is going to be, we're going to have your overall, so your repayment for the for the for the year, whatever that amount is going to be. You want to make sure you're at least 125 percent, like 1.25 percent as a calculation over, yeah, over over this amount. So, like, if you're doing a simple calculation, if your mortgage is thirty thousand pound per annum to pay back to the bank, you only times that by 1.25 and make sure that the that the rental is going to be over this yeah. and not low so that your serviceability is never ever going to be an issue so if the bank does if the market people or some people are saying the market's crashed the market's crashing and all the usual stuff with the current climate if we make sure that we have a rent over the 65 percent for the loan to value and we've got over a 25 percent serviceability the bank isn't going to want to repossess you they're not yeah. going to want to take pull the loan from you right but if we over leverage ourselves like what people have done back in 2007 2008 we've seen so many horror stories but when you actually look at these horror stories and you break it down the bottom line is their serviceability wasn't there right so that is for for me the biggest factor about commercial it doesn't matter if you're new it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you're a serious investor doesn't matter if you're just like a investor, like an angel investor, if your money is put into industrial, commercial, or any type of commercial property, you want to just make sure that the loan to value is never going to be pushed over the limits to get the deal done. And you mm-hmm. always want to make sure that your debt set, debt charge ratio is over the 25%. Like yeah. these are the most important two things. I think if you've got that and the deals work, yeah, the will come to you and you can make the deal happen. Right. Yeah. And I think it all comes back down to your mindset again. Like why, like from in my eyes, if somebody asks me, why do you not want to do this one buy to let and do the deal? Like for me, that's the same effort as buying a warehouse, right? It's the same solicitors, as the same yeah. value, as is the same process. 
But yeah. I know by doing this deal, like we've got Shay's one that she's doing through the implementer that she's done, and she's cash flowing eight thousand pounds a month. Yeah. yeah, she's got challenges. Yeah, she's yeah. been at it for the last six months trying yeah. to get this deal through. Once she's got it and she can pull this off, I know that will be a cash cow for her. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, it's been a year off. Even if you just look at her as an example, yeah, it's probably 18 months, 12 months of stress, mm. right? But with the right power team, so she's got all the right architects. She's on the phone to me every few days on WhatsApp. Um, she's on the phone to her solicitors and architects. But that's cash flowing for her eight grand a month. So even yeah. if that takes the full year, what buy to let is going to give us eight thousand pound a month cash flow net? Yeah. Do you know? What, do you know? Like it's, yeah. it's like when you start doing your comparisons, apple for apple, the stress that you're taking on, like you can't get the same rewards with buy to let. It's impossible. So for me, yeah, I'm the same with the in the service accommodation space. Is it sort of? Uh, difficult to, to to go back isn't it you know individual units now yeah it's, it's tough to get that sort of motivated and excited about it because you think well yeah for okay a little bit more stress but essentially like you say the same process just maybe a couple more zeros on the end and a yeah. little bit more time but the process is the same um you, your your results are exponentially better yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not like sticking six units together. It's it's so much more cost effective than that. So yeah, I, I get exactly where you're coming from on that front. Yeah, and one one more thing that I can add for you about the the sourcing side that we were chatting about is just similar to what we're doing in um in the residential side that we talk about at PWS. It's just off market deals, right? Yes. And then we've got so many opportunities at the moment that we can use, like sale and rent back and commercial. Mm-hmm. And it's such a powerful tool, yeah. which is out there in commercial that we can use. And we're in the process of doing one at the moment. And basically what we're doing is with the pandemic, you've seen so many people taking bounce back loans and recovery loans. And they're now got debt coming out from all over and they can't service these. Yeah. And now all the companies are closing down. So what we're basically offering them is, look, we'll buy the property off you once we've bought it. We'll rent it back to you on a 10-year period. So we're buying the property at bricks and mortar price. We're sticking a lease in place before the even the exchange, as and when the exchange is happening through the legals. Yeah. So we're we're basically putting in a commercial value on day one. Yeah. Right. And then from there, the tenant is the the tenant has been there for X amount of years. He's run his business for X amount of years. He's now got a capital injection to pay off all his loans, all yeah. his debts. They're saving mega bucks. The rent's hundred percent deductible, tax deductible. Yeah. So they, then they claim their, that off, and yeah. then and then they can put other conditions in there, right? Okay, can you do a refurb for us, or can you do this for us? Spend a little bit of money and make the place look a little bit nicer. Whatever yeah. the conditions are, right? Yeah. But overall, it's a win-win-win scenario because they would have went bankrupt. The government would have lost money. They would have lost had a back mark against their name. A business in the local area would have went down. So if you yeah. look at how many people are losing out and by us investors, just going in, walk your high street. And if you see any shop, just go in and have a chat with them. Like, right. do you own the property? Yeah, I own the property. How's business? Yeah, business is all right. But yeah, things are, we're struggling at the moment. It's not, yeah. market is tough. If you go into more and more detail, the reason they're struggling is it's not because their sales have decreased much. Yeah. It's more they've went into a lot more debt. 
Yeah. And they can't afford the serviceability of their loan and their mortgages. And I think that's crucial and it's such a such a powerful way to create a win-win scenario so that they can carry on running their business. You now become the owner of a property. As soon as you've took over, you get a refinance done, pull your money back out or as much money as you can back out, then you move on to the next one, right? Mm-hmm. And you can even do lease options. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have the money lying there straight away, you could even offer, right, okay, it's worth 300000 but your bounce back loan and your debt recovery loan that you've took was, for example, hundred grand. Okay, I'll pay you hundred grand today, and then you pay me X amount of money per month, and then in two years' time, I'll pay you the other hundred thousand when the option comes to uh, option agreement comes to an end. So there's yeah. so many ways to start becoming creative, yeah, and commercial, yeah. right? Which is a win-win scenario for everyone. Um, and then the, another big benefit that we've got with these your accountants, they're they're there. Everyone's got an accountant or knows an accountant, and the accountants look after everyone's books. So yeah. we start speaking to our accountants and saying. Yeah. Is your client in a position that they need capital injection? Mm-hmm. Let us know. If they own the property, let us know. Because yeah. we have got an opportunity out there. And it's just create a little PDF, show them what you're doing, and yeah. show them the win-win situation. And then, and then you'll see the phone start ringing from your accountant. And yeah. they will start passing over your information. as a really, really good way to start sourcing property. Yeah. Uh, and then just driving the industrial units, mm. just driving around, walking the high streets, how many units have been bought and just closed down over the years? Just drive around and look at any empty units that you see. If there's no boards outside, you'll see the weeds have overgrown, the mm. gates are rusted over. It's, you can see it a mile away. And mm. we've done it in multiple areas now, and mm. it works. Yeah. It works. Hands off, it works. And just get onto the land registry, find out who they are, get in contact with them. And the biggest thing is, if these units are lying empty they have to pay rates mm. after a period of time. And mm. that's going to start hurting them as well. So yeah. if we can come up with a solution to get that occupied again for them and take it off their hands, it becomes a win-win situation. They might just be not in the country. They might have passed off and it's just lying in, in, in someone's estate. It could be anything. And I think it's just getting out there and using these different strategies. So... I mean, it's really interesting that you talk about identifying pain points and um, finding win-win situations um, because that's that applies to any strategy, doesn't it? And I think that, you know, that's, there's some really good practical tips there for anybody that's thinking about this as a strategy. So uh, alongside kind of uh, dri- driving the area, looking around at, at, at units in your area and what's going on, and I guess speaking to... Uh, commercial agents in the area would you say they're the best first steps for someone to take so if someone's interested yeah. in getting into this that that's the two things they should be doing right 100 percent. you hit the nail on the head there that the first thing that i would do is i wouldn't even speak to the agent too much on the phone i would just book in a viewing book in a viewing and go and have a look at properties once you're there face to face it's totally yeah. different you know on the phone so get out there view two three properties show them that you're serious build up that report with them and get out there and drive the industrial units, see what's lying empty. I would say that's yeah. fantastic two ways to get started and start working on your power team. Yeah. Like get onto the, if you've got the commercial course or whatever, get on there, go onto the power team slide and just yeah. read it, understand it, who should be on your power team and why we need each person. Yeah. Perfect. Fantastic. Thank you. Asad so much. It's uh 
always so much content, you know, speaking to you and so much knowledge to tap into. So um, I, I know everyone will have found that really useful and it's uh, it will have whetted a lot of appetites, I know, for, for this, which is quite an interesting space to be getting into. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Asad. Take care. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. So this is not a strategy that I am personally familiar with. So I come away from this chat buzzing about the potential opportunities and feeling much better informed about what to be looking out for. I hope you feel the same. And if you want to connect with Asad, myself and a host of other investors and property mentors with experience in a wide range of strategies, then come and join us over on the Property Wealth System community page on Facebook. Don't forget to like and follow the podcast. Thanks again for listening and I will catch you on the next episode.